What a joy it is to open God's word this evening. So if you have a Bible, let me go ahead and get you to turn to 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. And if you're new to the Bible or anything along those lines, it's okay. You can just look in the table of contents and find where we are. We're coming to the end of our sermon series throughout the book of Ephesians. But as I was praying and planning for our time this evening, just after thinking about all of what's been going on in our church body, right, the, the loss of life, the, the hard stuff, the challenges, particular decisions, big decisions that are being made, moves, all of these different things. And as we gear up for another holiday week, this Christmas week and the new year, just felt Led, felt compelled to uh, spend time here in this verse. And so I'll read verses 5 through 7 to give a little context, but we'll mainly hang our hats on verse 7. So 1 Peter 5, verse 7. And as you turn there, let me, let me ask God for his help again. Let me, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this time once again to uh, worship you through hearing your word. And uh, God, as we have already been singing and praying and uh, the theme of, of this time, God, just, uh, yeah, Lord, as we gear up for this Christmas holiday, as we gear up for the new year, and just with so many different things happening, God, so many things that have happened and so many things that is happening currently uh, in the life and body of our church and families and so forth and so forth. God, I pray that you would just speak, uh, that your word would speak to our hearts, Lord, uh, that you would, yeah, use your word to do the work in our hearts, Lord, this evening, and that we might uh, find joy, that we might find encouragement, that we might find peace, comfort through this time. And so, Lord, we ask all these things, in the matchless name of Christ. Amen. Amen. So 1 Peter 5, as I mentioned, I'm going to start at verse 5 through 11, but we'll mainly hang our hat on verse 7. So 1 Peter 5, starting at verse 5, reads as follows. It says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word. Amen. So what thoughts or feelings come to you when you approach Christmas this year? 
what thoughts, what feelings hit you when you approach Christmas this year or previous years? I remember as a kid uh, growing up with my family and just, you know, gearing up for the Christmas holiday, just feeling giddy, just feeling super giddy the night before Christmas, right? Just so excited. So excited about, you know, being able to be with my family and being able to open gifts. And in, in, in our home growing up, uh, my parents would allow me to open at least one gift early. And so I was always excited for that, you know, at least that one gift. And I'll be looking for the biggest box possible uh, to be able to open up. And so just was excited about that time. I, and then so I would stay up pretty much like almost all night, you know, what I mean, stay up pretty much almost all night and then finally give in, go to sleep, but be right back up early before my parents, <laughs> before everybody else, ready, knocking on their door. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Like, I'm ready to eat breakfast and open up gifts and all those different things. And then, you know, as we think about this, this Christmas season and, and how all of us, you know, I'm sure, and just, just with loss of life and, and just different things. So my mom, she passed in 2001. And so, you know, Christmases since then have been different. Uh, they've been challenging, uh, and just in life in general, right? Not just Christmas, not just the holiday seasons, but just life, you know, without my mom uh, has, been, has been tough. None of it has been the same since. So, so joy and excitement during the Christmas season turned into grief and pain in the coming years. But with my family now, with my wife and son, we are creating our own traditions, right? Things that we want to do as a family to make memories together uh, during this Christmas season. And it's just so exciting to see LJ. Uh, similarly, uh, the excitement that he has for the holiday season and just being able to create these particular traditions with him as he gets older. And I'm sure all of you all can relate to what I just mentioned, right? A lot of what I just mentioned. But then on another note, if we're honest, the holiday season can be very stressful. It can be very stressful. Um, and we can tend to be anxious during this time. For some of you, the fact that I'm even uh, starting to talk about anxiety, you're, you're getting anxious, right? So the question is, are you anxious this evening? What about this upcoming Christmas day makes you anxious? For some of you all feeling the weight of anxiety this evening, I want you to just really ponder on that question. I want you to really think about what is it exactly that is causing the anxiety? What is it? Is it, is it your job? Is it the pressure that you're feeling uh, to meet deadlines heading into the holiday season? And you're just trying to think through, like, man, how am I going to get all of this done? I'm ready to check out. I'm ready to enjoy Christmas break, New Year. But I got deadlines that I got to meet. Or is it the anticipation of being with some family members or friends that you find it hard to get along with during the holiday season? Is it the anticipation of being around some challenging family members or friends? 
Is it as we've already been talking about? Ah, and 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 yeah, and and very hard. Is it grieving the loss of a family member who passed recently or previously? And you're anxious about facing this time of the year without them and all of the hurt and pain that comes as a result. Is it anxiety surrounding loss of a family? Are you anxious about a big decision that you've made or will have to make here soon? Are you anxious about that? If you're someone like me who struggles with anxiety year-round, these questions may hit on some of the things that make you anxious, but the reality is you and I just swim in a sea of anxiety. We swim in a sea of anxiety and anything can produce it, right? Anything. Well, I pray in our brief time this evening, looking at God's word, I pray that as we go into this Christmas season and as we approach the new year, that we'll bank on two truths that we'll see in the text this evening. And this will serve as our outline this evening. I pray that we'll bank on these two truths. So point number one, cast your anxieties on God. Cast your anxieties on God. Point two, God cares for you. God cares for you. So I pray that we'll bank on these two truths going into this Christmas week with all the different challenges and all the different circumstances, all the different things that we've experienced coming into this week. I pray that we'll go into this week and go into the new year banking on these two truths, that we can cast our anxieties on God and that God cares for us. So a little bit of background on First Peter is that the Apostle Peter uh, is the author. He wrote uh, this letter, and he's writing to persecuted and suffering Christians. He's writing to persecuted and suffering Christians. The theme of the book of First Peter is exactly that, persecution and suffering. Uh, at this time in the life of Christians, they were being uh, persecuted by an evil emperor by the name of Nero. Uh, he was killing Christians. So I imagine Peter and the believers at this time experienced some anxiety. I imagine. I just imagine that they may have experienced some particular anxiety. Uh, they were being murdered for their faith. Uh, probably dealt with some fear and anxiety coupled with, so they dealt with fear and anxiety, but coupled with great hope and trust in the Lord. Hence why Peter tells them to cast their anxieties on the Lord, which would consist of a sense of hoping and trusting in the Lord with whatever it is that is causing the anxiety. In 2017, when I first came to realize that I battled with anxiety, one of the things that, that really helped me uh, and continues to help me through that journey was knowing that I can cast all my anxieties on God who can carry it all, that he can hold it all, that I can't, but he can. So casting your anxieties on God can do at least two things, at least two things. One, it humbles you. It, it, it humbles you, as we briefly just read over verses 5 through 6, but, but talking about humility, like God opposing the proud, but giving grace to the humble, Peter there referring to you know, the church, not being a proud people, but a humble people. And so it at least does one thing, it humbles you. 
When you're prideful and anxious, you think you can carry your own anxieties. You think you can carry them. But you can't. When you're humble, you realize that you can't carry them and that you have to give it to God who can. Amen? He's big enough for your greatest worries, and he's strong enough for your worst fears. Say that again. I need that from my own heart this evening. He's big enough for your greatest worries, and he's strong and mighty enough for your worst fears, family. Then number two, so one, it humbles you. Number two, it produces trust. Produces trust. You're reminded of God's trustworthiness, right? That in the most anxious times when your mind is running 100 miles per hour, when you're getting hit left and right uh, with life's challenges, you can trust in God who remains constant who remains sure that when everything else in the world or things in your life seem to be rocky and and things going crazy, that you can grab onto God who remains constant, who remains sure, and that he has you, and that he got you, and that he will keep you. I'm reminded of this truth from Psalm 55, 12, where it says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. So we can cast our anxieties, we can cast our cares on the Lord, and he will keep you. He will sustain you. He will give you grace. Persevere. Another important truth to know when we cast our anxieties on God is that he won't throw them back to you. I imagine Peter using uh, the word cast as it was a familiar word to him as his profession was a fisherman. In fishing, you know, uh, I used to go fishing a little bit with my dad growing up and others, but you know in fishing you, you, you cast the net or you cast the line, right, in fishing hoping to catch some fish <laughs> and as a result. And, and, and if you do, uh, that would prove to be a successful and good time out fishing, right? You went out, I mean, you enjoy the, you know, the nice time, there's a vibe to it, and you enjoy it, but, you know, being out there and being able to cast a net, cast a line, and catch some fish would prove to be a good time. So then what does it mean to cast your anxieties on God? It means to, to cast, to throw all of your anxieties on God, as if you were casting a net or a line out into the sea as far as you could to catch some fish. It means to, to cast, to put some effort into it, if you will. And the best part is that when you toss them to God, that when you give them to God, he doesn't send them back your way. Instead, he gives you something better. He gives you something better. Pastor Eric was here a couple of months ago, and I remember him mentioning, you know, our God is is, is not a burden giver, but he's a burden lifter, right? He gives you something better, and what is that something better? He shows you that he cares. He shows you that he cares. He takes it off of you in showing that he cares and that he loves you, which leads to our last and 
final point this evening, God cares for you. He cares for you. So we can cast all of our anxieties. We can cast all of the worries. We can cast all of the stress. We can cast all of the fears. We can cast everything on God, knowing that he's big enough to hold it all. And then knowing the second important truth, that in him taking it all, that he cares for you. He cares for you. So we can cast all those things on him. And so that's the, the what, if you will, casting the anxieties on God. But the why is it because he cares for us. I mean, just think about that for a second. So the God of the universe, the maker of heaven and earth, maker of every living creature, human beings, animals, everything that we see and know, holy, good, big God cares for you and for me. Doesn't have to, but he does. Let that sink in for a second. Like, this God, the only God, cares for us. He understands your anxieties. He knows what keeps you up at night. He knows what keeps you in the bed when you're supposed to be up. He knows how when you're experiencing anxiety, how your chest may tighten up or you feel some type of heaviness on your chest as a result of being anxious. He knows that you've had a hard season or seasons. And he sees your tears. Like our sister Nikki said so beautifully, like no tears are wasted before our God. He sees your tears. He knows your deepest hurts. And he knows how you feel. He knows. He's your heavenly father. And he cares for you and for me. So when your anxieties are big, and gosh knows they do get big, Know that God's care for you is larger. Your anxieties are are stacked up to the ceiling and they are big. Know that God's care for you, though, is larger. Listen to the words of Jesus referring to our Heavenly Father here in Matthew 6, 25, 34, 6, 25 through 34. And let these words, just as you hear them, let them just wash over you and me this evening. So verse 25 says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, he's our heavenly father. He cares for us. He tells us to not be anxious. To not worry about what we will wear or what we will eat or what we will drink or whatever the case may be. That, yeah, the, the birds of the air, they're not worrying. The lilies of the field, they're not worrying. And Jesus asked that question, aren't we of more value than they? We are. And he cares for us. And so this evening, just as I've been kind of briefly just walking through this, really just kind of setting a a, a tone for us, I I hope and pray for my own heart and for us going into this Christmas season, for us to not be anxious. I've been primarily talking to Christians, but if you're here and you're not a Christian, I believe God cares for you. And I believe in one of the ways that he cares for you is that he allowed you to be here this evening. He allowed you to be here to hear God's word, to hear uh, the singing of the saints, to be in the presence among the saints. He granted you life today. There's common grace. He allows it to rain on the just and the unjust. Common grace. But then in the most important, in the best way that he has displayed his care for all of us and for anyone who is an unbeliever this evening the way that he has displayed his care for us is by sending his son Jesus sending his son Jesus to die in our place that this Jesus came to deal with our sin problem that's right we have a sin problem we have sinned against a holy God, a God who created us in his image, after his likeness, to worship him and to enjoy him. But we have fallen. We have fallen. We have disobeyed God. And as a result, we deserve God's righteous wrath. We deserve his wrath. We, de- we deserve judgment. And that judgment being uh, eternally separated from a heavenly father who loves you and cares for you who sent his son to die in your place so this Jesus God's son comes in care to live a perfect sinless life to die a death that you and I deserve because it wasn't his sin he had no sin for which he had to die for it was all of our sin that he bore in his body on the cross, stretched on the cross, and died, was buried, and on the third day, raised from the dead. Raised from the dead, proving that one, this sacrifice was accepted to God, and then also offering salvation to all who would repent. And that word just means to turn away from sin, to turn away from the things that God hates and to to look to him, 
to believe upon Jesus by faith and receive him for salvation. Realizing that you can't save yourself, but that you needed saving from Jesus. And this Jesus provides that salvation for you and for me. And if you would confess your sin, and if you would repent from your sin, turn away from those things, God will give you a new life. A new life. Eternal life. In him. And so if that's you this evening, would you come to Jesus this season? This is the reason, as the old saints would say, this is the reason for the season that we're celebrating Christmas anyway. Would you come to this Jesus? He cares for you. He showed his care in dying for you and rising from the dead for you. Look to him this evening. And Christians this evening, may we continue to do the same, right? The gospel is for us. May we be reminded this evening that this good news is for us. So as we go into this Christmas season, may we be reminded of the reason. It's about Jesus. It's about him coming. The incarnate God came and he dwelt among us. And he offered his life for us. And in offering his life, in revealing himself to us, we, by God's grace, heard his voice. He called us out of darkness, called us out of sin, called us into him. And we heard him. And that was sheer mercy and grace by God to allow us to hear the call. And may we continue to heed the call and heed God's voice going into this Christmas season. And so, family, I pray this Christmas season, this new year, and all of life, that we will bank on these two truths, that we can cast everything. Where the text says, it says all anxieties, not some, not a little bit, all, everything. That we cast those things on God, and may we, in casting those things on him, know that he cares for us. May we go into this Christmas season knowing that he cares, and that he hears, and that he knows. Amen? So worship team, as you come back up, let me close this. Father God, I pray that in just this brief time, God, that we have, um, yeah, heard from you, that we have heard your voice from your word and that your word would do the work in our hearts, God. I know some of us have come to this evening service tired. Uh, we've come to this service broken, hurting, grieving, confused, frustrated, We've come with a myriad of emotions, God. And yet, with all of those emotions, you welcome us. That you don't turn us away. God, I pray that this evening we would 
see and know the loving, welcoming arms of you, O oh Father, that you welcome us. That you welcome us in Christ. That for those of us who know you, that we are your beloved. And for those who may not know you, that you welcome them to look upon your son and to be accepted on the account of him. So God, I pray that if anyone here doesn't know you, that they would come to know you, that they would receive you by faith this evening, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, as we all go into these holiday seasons, Lord, as we continue in these holiday seasons, that we would know that we can cast all of our anxieties all of our fears, all of our worries, all of our hurts, all of our pains, all of our struggles, all of our suffering on you, God. On the God who is big and who can carry it all. We can't carry it all. So would you humble us this evening, God? Help us to know that we can't carry it, but that you can and that you delight in carrying it, and that instead you uh, show us how much you care for us and how you love us, and that you provide strength, you provide grace, you provide hope, and peace, and joy. You provide yourself. So may we look to you, and may we worship you for all that you are and all that you've done. Not just this Christmas season, but all of life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.